Hi, low everyone, and welcome to the High Int Low Wiz podcast, an actual play dungeon world adventure where our player characters are thick of brain and dumb of ass. That's thick with two C's, mind you. I am the conductor of this train wreck, Nick Davis, they, them. I'd like to have our players go around and introduce themselves and their characters. Hi, I'm Alice, she, her, and I'll be playing the Slayer, Lorelai Nix. This rowdy rabbit lady was once an heiress to the Flopsy Co. corporate empire, clad in pearls and confined to the country club. But after a diplomatic incident with a party yacht, a mountain of fireworks, and a governor's daughter, Lorelai was shipped off to a troubled teen facility, Wolf Camp. After another incident with a motorcycle, a harpoon gun, and a cook, Lorelai escaped and ran into the monster-infested frontier of the Oatlands. With dangerously high confidence and her gun, Lorelai made a name for herself as one of the best monster hunters on the Skyland. Sure, that name is more infamous than flattering, but that's besides the point. Hi, I'm Mike Zare, and I'll be playing Taku. Taku is a gator-born shaman who makes friends wherever he travels, whether with wayward spirits or even more wayward weirdos. As sturdy and powerful as he is wise, Taku's mind wanders in a world that only powerful mystics and hallucinating leprechauns are usually aware of. Following whispers on the wind and the beckoning dance of a tiny spirit of fire that lives in his pipe, Taku goes where he's needed and follows a new call once his task is complete. Or whenever the spirits call him elsewhere, whether that be upon the completion of a perilous quest or in the middle of a conversation at a roadside cafe. Absolutely fantastic. Hi, I'm Dean. Pronouns, he, him. And I'll be playing Rosmontis Kilcarian, or just Rosmo. Rosmo is a stone-spired dwarf son of a miner who exudes the energy of being thrice divorced, despite never having been married. He keeps a trimmed beard and wears a neatly tailored and well-worn pinstripe suit. As a knight of capitalism, Rosmo worked his way through the worst of what folks were capable of. Extortion, arson, spying, theft, kidnapping were all his stock and trade against unions or sometimes other companies. Rosmo thought he was due for a promotion. Instead, he got a knife to the back. Now he's planning on taking this lateral move as a chance to knife his way up the org chart, one lieutenant knight of capitalism at a time. Gone are the days of steak dinners and 800-year-old scotch. Now Rosmo lives in the gutters of Glittershade, where he follows a petty crime lord, Shady Shay. Shay keeps him busy with dirty jobs done dirt cheap while he broods on his revenge on the bastards who threw him away. I'm Anna, and I'll be playing Daphne. Five feet of hoof and horn, Daphne is a fawn with a fiery disposition. The only child of fey diplomats to the lush, volcanic skyland of Everember, Daphne grew up in a secluded and gilded cage. Her knack for arson blossomed at an early age, and the enigmatic druids of Everember claimed she was the second coming of the Great Flame. <laughs> they brought her into the heart of the caldera, where she was trained to embody the dictates of the flame. Daphne seemed destined for a bright future. Problem was, Daphne wasn't too interested in being the figurehead of a cult. She wanted more in life. She wanted to dance. Clip-clopping her way to freedom, Daphne found her way to the Skyland keynote, where she opened up an extremely successful dance studio. It just also happened to be extremely flammable. Oops. With high hopes and fire in her eyes, and a hefty insurance payout in hand, Daphne took to the road, hoping to find a better, less flammable dance studio. Hello, everyone. I'm Benny Arndt, as in the contraction of R and not. Uh, my pronouns are he, him. I'll be playing Emish Eamon Hornigold, a quarter leprechaun, three quarters, 
other stuff. Uh, he's a Nike fighter champion of the Fay Quartz Wrestling Federation. He has a tiny body, big muscle, and a rage-fueled Napoleon complex the size of his own ego. He was exiled from his home among the Fay after attempting to use his wrestling platform to get the pro-Fatariat to revolt against the Bouge Fay Z. He pursues excessive vice, justice for the small folk, any chance to win a game, and the compelling urge to combat, conquer, cook, and consume the most delectable monsters the world has to offer. But what he really wants is to know what happened to his beloved grandmother and mentor, Gemma Clem. All right, uh, we're going to be playing this campaign in a gaming system called Dungeon World. Short form, I'll narrate a scenario to the players. They'll tell me how they want to react to it, and we'll we'll be determining between the six of us if the character is using one of their powers, skills, or moves, and what is needed to be rolled to accomplish it. Uh, the game is played, played with two six-sided t- die, 2d6, and modified by the character's stats, anywhere from a minus three to a plus three. A roll of six or below is a full failure, with consequences to the player character, or possible bystanders, or structure at large. Seven to nine will be a mixed success. You get what you want, but you're going to have to pay something in return. And a 10 or above is a full success. You accomplish what you set out to do. Dungeon World is a little different from a lot of tabletop RPGs in that one of the game mechanics is called bonds. The players all have a personal thread that connects their characters to one another. Let's dig into those bonds just a little bit. How is everyone in the party bonded to Daphne? Daphne's a delight, but that girl could get lost in an empty room with one door. I'm looking out for her. Daphne is out of balance and a danger to themselves and others. I will help them. The last I heard, someone's got it out for Daphne. Daphne is the only family that I have outside the Fay Courts. No one is allowed to upset her. And how's everyone bonded to Emish? A monster stalks Emish, and I want to kill it. The spirits have spoken to me of Emish. They have a strange destiny that I will play a part of. Emish has been fighting even longer than I have. If they want it, they've got my support. I know I can rely on Emish when my fire fails me. I'm pretty attached to me. (laughs) (laughs) Seems seems reasonable. And how is everyone bonded to Rosmo? I helped Rosmo with a job that went six sorts of sideways, and I still give him shit about it. I've sworn a covenant with Rosmo. The spirits have witnessed it. I will get that coffee. Rosmo is such a stick in the mud. It's up to me to show him how to have fun. It's nice to have Rosmo around to take care of all the things I can't be bothered with, but I I don't trust him. You probably shouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) That's valid. How is everyone bonded to Lorelei? Lorelei does not believe in the spirit world, but I will make them listen. So ominous. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I know that Lorelei lost something dear to the enemy. Sad. But not really my problem. Lorelai seems suitably impressed by my fire, and I just can't help but show off in front of her. So here's the thing about Lorelai. She's my favorite rival in a competition, but I will never tell her that. And lastly, how is everyone bonded to Taku? As a fellow salt of the Skyland sort, I enjoy talking shop with Taku, even if his folksy ways are a bit quaint. I can tell Taku doesn't trust me. They're smart. Taku has much to teach me about temperance, if I can learn to listen. Taku has strange and hella cool ways. I I, I want to learn them. All right. So diving into the nitty gritty, let's talk about the world at large. Uh, The world we're playing in is a big old homebrew made by a process of collaboration between all of the players. 
Um, the world as is, is a collection of gigantic, like in the most cases, several dozen miles across magically suspended sky islands called the Skylands. Each of the 13 sky islands is their own nation state with their own cultures and people. They live harmoniously among each other and with the lands below and are essentially a flying United Nations ruled over by a Senate on the highest skyland called Thronstadt. The party's adventures will largely be confined to the Skylands, but may expand to the world at large below, depending on what they choose to do. All of the fine details of the game system, the characters, and the world complete and explained. Are we ready to play some Dungeon World? Yeah. Fuck yeah. Question. Yeah. If it's all like a giant United Nations and it's Skylands, is it the United Skylands? Are we in the U.S.? Is that what you're telling me? No. No. Anything but that. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's it's more like it's more like Greece. I was just oh, checking. It's, it's it's like Peloponnesian Greece. Just a bunch of bunch of city states and they, they cooperate and they trade and they're friends and that's it. It's not yeah. no, no. No. Yeah, don't don't think too hard about it. There's definitely yeah. no corporate empires or all Absolutely going not. on here. This is completely divorced from this. Absolutely yeah, not. Nope, no. Don't. That that would be that would be super it's heavy handed. Sunshine, yeah. rainbows, and magic cats. Don't worry about it. Uh-huh. Yeah, like it's all you need, baby. It's a, yep. That's right. What internal strife? All right. So the party at the start of the game. The party at the start of the game. Emish, Daphne, Taku, and Lorelai sit together in a warehouse-turned-tavern, the secret base of operations of a group of smugglers run by a woman named Shay, the proprietor of Shay's Shop of Shady Shit. The four of you have been invited to participate with the smugglers and help move merchandise for Shay following your last job together, having incurred a not-so-small debt to her, but also displaying that you were too useful to dismiss or remove The tavern itself is fairly packed tonight. Business for the smugglers of the affectionately named Portmanteau has been exceptionally busy of late. A bard stands on a stage opposite end of the tavern singing a song that you can tell, even at this distance, is pretty badly out of tune. The four of you are enjoying your beverages of choice when you see a uh, short woman, an elder gnome by the looks of her, and her two hulking bodyguards approaching. She's got uh, long hair in a tall gray and black beehive. She's got a silver and blue dress on, an ornate golden wood cigarette holder in one hand, and a silver staff with a crescent moon and a cat wrapped around it in the other. She's dressed up quite a bit since you ran into her earlier, but you'd be able to pick Shay out from a mile away. It's the hair, you know, real tall. I mean, hair included, she's about two and a half feet tall. It's fantastic. She approaches the table that the four of you are uh, sitting at, uh, gestures to one of her bodyguards. He approaches, scoops her up, and sets her up on top of the table. She stands between the four of you and looks at you and says, Well, it uh, took a little bit of thinking, but uh, I have an idea as to how you can all pay me back. You're going to head down to the Astral Plaza Casino. You're going to get in. You're going to get into Jasper Barker's office. You're going to get me my box back. Got a guy here who used to work with Jasper. You work with him it'll help all four of you all five of you you get that box back get it to me all five of you are out of debt uh what's what's uh, your box doing in jasper barker's clutches just curious that should be pretty self-explanatory he took it why he's a dick well what's in the box that's what i was gonna ask something of mine Look, probably best to just understand that we have an opportunity to ride our own fates from this moment as long as we get her box away from that dick. (laughs) (laughs) 
She breezes past that one. She snaps her fingers twice, and the two bodyguards kind of step to the sides, and they they part the way for Rosmo. She gestures you up to the table, and she says, Rosmo, these are the uh, useful friends that I've made for you. You work with them. That's the nicest thing someone said about me today. And the nicest I'll say about you ever. Aw, Shay. I know you love me. We've got we've got that special connection. Don't buy to your heart. Misha's just looking back and forth between Shay and Lorelai being like trying to figure out the special connection. It's going to be right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, Lorelai is like leaning across the table and just like grinning with her big buck teeth up at uh, Shay. I'm sure she thinks herself extremely charming in this moment. It's definitely not obnoxious. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Rosmo, Shay looks over her shoulder and gestures you over to the table. She snaps her fingers again, and a couple of the wait staff start bringing a drink over to the table for you. Go ahead and sit down with your new friends and formulate a plan and execute on that plan, and I will, uh, I will leave you five to it. Rosmo looks them up and down and goes, you know, if you just want to kill me, that'd be faster. <laughs> I can help with that. Wow. Good to see you again, Lorelai. <laughs> I see your nose is straight again. Uh, yeah, through uh, no help of your own there, Rosmo. Do I look like a doctor? I'm not going to straighten your nose. You could have, you know, not abandoned me in the trench. That's a that's a generous way to put it. I would say that I beat feet because going back for you would get me killed. Charming as ever, my friend. You got out of there. It's fine. Hold on a second here. Let me get something straight. Um, so you know him. Know's a strong word. We did a job together that was reasonably successful. Successful is another strong word there. The objective was accomplished. Hmm, technically. Yeah, I mean, we got paid, so... I, I, Emish goes up to, to Lorelai and uh, like kind of like partially climbs up her and bends one ear down so he can whisper in it. <laughs> Lorelai just like leans into it. Like she's pretty used to this at this point. So so what I'm wondering then is can we trust him? And I'm I'm doing all this effort to make it be quiet and then I say it way too loudly so Rosmo can clearly hear me. And Lorelai without even batting an eyelid just goes, Oh absolutely not. But he is competent. Competent, my scaly tail. He still owes me three cups of coffee that he'll never pay. Ever. I don't... Do I know you? You know me. The spirits witnessed our vow. And you burned the coffee shop down. No one makes that roast anymore. <laughs> that... <laughs> Rosmo, I didn't think you were capable of such horror. Ah. That doesn't sound like me. That sounds exactly like you. No, I would never burn out a coffee shot. Coffee is too precious around these parts. Shay, still standing on the uh, on the table, just kind of nods at uh, at Lorelai's assessment that that's exactly the kind of person that Rosmo is. She she walks back to the other end of the table towards her bodyguards, and she just she like to the five of you and to the bodyguards and to the room at large, just kind of goes fast friends already. Okay. Get me my box. Um, this might be significant. On the casino floor, maybe uh, try to keep the body count to a minimum. We don't need that kind of smoke here right now. But once you're backstage, those dicks aren't people. Rosmo, you know who you're working with. You know who you're working against. Do they qualify? 
I mean, they're paid to take lives, and if you're paid to take lives, then you should be willing to also die. It's just how the world works. Here's the thing, too, is even when we're on the casino floor, bruises and broken bones do not count as a body count. Don't worry about the body count once you're backstage. Do fires count? Uh, as long as it doesn't fall back on me. Uh, depends how uh, vigorous those fires are. And I, I want to say that as soon as Shay said the word smoke, I'm certain Lorelai and probably everyone else just turned to look at Daphne very pointedly. Are you good with arson? I've never seen anyone quite so accomplished. Hmm. No, she's a fantastic fire starter. That's very true. Very true. <laughs> so bruises, broken bones, and second degree burns are all fine. As all this conversation has been happening, Taku has been just kind of like chewing on his pipe and it looks like he's like puffing away furiously. But as he pulls the pipe away, you see there's actually nothing in there other than the flame. And the flame kind of like leans out of the pipe as Taku holds it by like, you know, kind of up to the side of his head, nodding. And he sticks it back in his mouth and goes, you're right. They all give fire a bad name. <laughs> That's the cutest shit. That's fantastic. I love it. Don't worry, Rosmo. He has one-way conversations with that thing all the time. I've seen it. It's not one way. Pipesy is an excellent conversationalist. You named it Pipesy? Jay gestures to uh, to her two bodyguards who lift her off the table, set her back on the ground, and without a further word, she just walks away. So did she leave like a map or instructions after that, or is it just go to a casino and find a box? It was that. It was, it was the second one. Hmm. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. I mean... How great of a casino could it be here? <laughs> Emu's just going to lean into Daphne and just be like, uh, Pipesy's an excellent conversationalist, the way my hand's a fine sexual partner. Oh, Emu's living up to that horny gold name. Is it called Rightsy? <laughs> <laughs> Don't pretend you know me. I like how right out of the gate we're setting the rating for this show. That's great. I love that. <laughs> His name is Horny Gold. Like, yeah, that, what did you it's, it's not. It's <laughs> not just a name either. No. What it says on the tin. It is what it says on the tin. So what's the plan here? Uh, infiltrate or just kind of like walk in and take stuff? I mean, I find if you walk in with enough confidence, you can get about just anything you want. And a clipboard. Clipboards are useful for that. So let's let's uh, let's get into some game mechanic stuff. Um, Rosmo. And I think, Emish, you could both roll Spout Lore on this. So roll plus Int. Oh, yeah. I spent some time in gambling halls. That makes perfect sense. Absolutely. Rosmo, you you have a, a more than sneaking familiarity with the uh, the people who run this casino. So you could you could learn a bit here. I was going to say, was Emish like born in a gambling hall? Because that seems accurate wasn't born in a gambling hall but you know former wrestler there's there's a lot of gambling that goes on the on the sidelines of you know those those very real wrestling matches oh yeah super real absolutely yeah yeah probably conceived in one though <laughs> i always thought emish came out of like a boudoir or something it's actually doudoir it was a male thing it was oh excellent a dude, a very good doudoir that was a 2d6 right 2d6 plus your int modifier Emish is rocking a solid nine. That's a nine for Emish? Nine for Emish modified. Uh, that's going to be minus my int modifier. Awesome. Holy shit. I-, I rolled two sixes, baby. Hell yeah. First roll of the podcast. All right. So, uh, Emish, uh, let's, let's start with the lower roll first. This is just going to be general information that you have about 
about the Astral Plaza Casino specifically. Um, you've been there. You are you are familiar with uh, with the security there specifically. Typically, what happens if someone uh, if someone is is card sharking? They'll get taken backstage for a little while before they get thrown back out on the street. Okay. Okay. And looking at the the spout lore, um, the the information card for that ability. When you consult your accumulated knowledge about something, roll plus int. On a 10 plus, the GM will tell you something interesting and useful about the subject relevant to your situation. On a 7 to 9, the GM will tell you something is interesting, and it's up to you to make it useful. So, that's what you get out of that. Something interesting that you might be able to make useful. Yeah, so Emish right away will tell the group just like, so here's the thing. I've been back there playing Rain, you know, like our version of poker pretty much and uh anybody that was that was caught cheating they'd be taken on the back for a while you know for a wee bit of pummeling and um so if we wanted to that would be one way to get into the back almost immediately is we just play some cards and somebody cheats that would be efficient rosmo with your uh with your double sixes minus one that's a full success so you get something useful and interesting you are aware that uh due to your prior connections that uh the astral plaza in particular is a known money laundering location so the backstage is um it's a combination of business and criminal element and 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 that the that everything above the ground floor is business offices and the people in there would be less than thrilled to see you now that said uh, security on the casino floor would be uh, a lot of toughs that that you know they're likely going to be able to drag you off the casino floor into that backstage area. The guys that are backstage though are exponentially uh, more of a threat. So that is that is interesting and useful. As for how that gets you backstage, though. Uh, if you were to call on some of your prior connections or uh, any of the uh, accumulated experience from your past life, um, you could probably pretty easily talk your way backstage. Is that where the box would be? Uh, the box, uh, Shay told you, is specifically in Jasper's office. So, so the upper offices, which is not backstage. I assume, like backstage, is probably where all of the staff travel through, rather than traveling through the floor. When I say backstage, I mean everything that isn't the casino floor. Okay. Yeah. So you got to get through backstage to get to Bart. The stairwell is to get upstairs. Yeah. Bingo. Bingo. That's what I'm guessing. You yeah. don't exactly want to carry room. like cash at the end of the night through the floor. Bingo. Fair. Open to the public. I mean, like, I personally would appreciate if they did that. Like, I'm sure a lot of people who want to make a quick buck would appreciate <laughs> that. Uh, I heard someone ask how many floors the casino is. Mm-hmm. It is two floors above the ground floor, so three total. Is this like a like a pretty open street? The building is there like a back alley behind the behind the building that we can do shenanigans in? Let me let me ask you has has Rosmo been there before? Um, either business or pleasure. Does Rosmo know the meaning of the word pleasure? Uh, fair enough. Oh, he he has his pleasures. Are those pleasures breaking kneecaps or? Incredible violence is one of the many vices that Rosmo enjoys. So yes, Rosmo has been to this casino, mostly to drink and sometimes to lose money. Okay. 
so Rosmo would know offhand that there are there are two entrances to the casino uh on the on the main drag that it's on. Um there is a essentially a backstage entrance and that's for performers. It's for staff coming in off the street. It is for anyone who is looking for direct access to the upper floors. Um yeah, yeah, there's there there is one backstage entrance. I say we go through there. Look, sometimes you can't go through the front and be obvious. You gotta go into the back and be sneaky. Looking around at our group and just kind of wincing at the word sneaky. Look, sometimes you need to take the back door entrance. It's more fun for everyone involved. Alternatively, we do both. We're learning things about Rosmo already. We're learning so much about Rosmo. Emus doesn't think he likes him. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I could talk my way through the back. <laughs> so confident. The hesitation on the word talk. And then, likewise, maybe somebody flashy could cause an incident on the floor and divide the attention of those who are more muscly inclined. Mm, I'm flashy. Cool. Make some bets, be extravagant, get caught cheating, be dragged out back. Perfect. Nothing can go wrong with this plan. Oh, that's it. That, that's the thing, though. I can't. I, 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 don't, I don't cheat. That's that's not okay with me. Uh, I, I, I'll I, cheat. <laughs> <laughs> and I just snap my fingers and point at Daphne. There, right there. There we go. <laughs> I, I, I win. I don't cheat. You don't cheat well, or you just—I don't cheat at all. That's that's <laughs> cheating's for losers. Oh, you got caught one too many times. I get it. This guy doesn't understand me at all. It's like I'm speaking a foreign language. Okay, it sounds like you guys have something approaching a plan. Is that is that what I'm... This plan is rock solid and filled with many details. That's generous. As we all know, a bad plan is better than no plan. So, you know, that's what we're doing. Yeah, Daphne's just going to set something on fire. Perfect. I don't Nailed think it. we can stop Daphne from setting things on fire. No, probably not. Mm-hmm. You can just kind of decide where the fire is going to start. Not where it goes, where it starts. You can you can try and aim it. Mm. That's the that's the objective there. Mm-hmm. Cool, 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 cool. Okay, so you guys uh, you guys head out from from the warehouse. Um, you you set out onto the streets of the the lowest of the thirteen skylands, a skyland called Glittershade. Glittershade is as we as we pull the camera up so the audience can see. Kind of uh, an amalgamation of every port city that you've ever been to. There's a little bit of everyone here. You see, uh, you know, a mix of all of the, the various fantasy races that occupy the world. You see gnomes, you see dwarves, you see humans, you see bunny folk, you see, you know, your motley crew. They, they don't draw any extra attention for being an odd assortment of folk. And it's also pretty late at night. And... Uh, the streets are still pretty jam-packed. I mean, there there are people everywhere doing things. Hawkers selling, you know, cheap goods on the streets. Um, there are, you know, there are, are people playing, you know, shell games on the street. There are people, uh, basically, uh, SoundCloud rappers trying to get you to, to, to buy their mixtape, you know? It is every port city that you can imagine, right? And you guys are specifically in the port district. You are the, the, the warehouse that Shay's uh, operation base is out of. The front half is an actual warehouse. The back half is kind of equivalent to a speakeasy. It's, a, it's an off-the-books tavern. You guys come out onto the street. You know that it's a not insignificant walk to the Astral Plaza. 
but it's it is on the other side of town, so a few miles. Uh, as you guys are making your way through, you're you're seeing all of the uh, the various people doing their business. Are you guys going to refine your plan at all on the way? Is it just Rosmo talk his way in the back, the other four go in the front, stir up trouble, and try and get escorted into the back? Is that what we're doing? I think we would be refining the plan a little bit beyond that. Okay. Rosmo is dubiously trustful. Trustworthy, rather. Mm-hmm. Also trustful. Extremely trustable. Very trustworthy face. Never lies. Very upstanding citizen. I am trust. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah, definitely doesn't cheat at cards or... Can't prove that. Abandon his very good friends in a trench with a broken nose. That sounds oddly specific. It's, you can't abandon very good friends if they're not very good friends. <laughs> I don't know why, but my brain is hung on SoundCloud rappers, and like a SoundCloud is an actual thing in this world now. You want to listen to my SoundCloud? And they just like throw fog in your face. You're like, no, man, I got places to be. And it just it just hangs around your head and just fills your ears with music. I hate, I hate audio clouds. I, I've had to tell like three shoe shiners that no, I do not need my shoes shined. Thank you. I'm going somewhere. Well, and like, if they tried to shine your shoes, like, the rest of the leather on the top would come apart anyway, so like, what's the fucking point, right? Okay, as we're, as we are following the party along the streets, you guys are approximately halfway there, um, we're seeing a, a conglomeration of these exorbitantly large cats on the streets. These are a, a known menace species to the spot, the Skylands, um, they are called magic cats. There are a few unique qualities of magic cats over a normal, you know, cat. They are roughly the size of a of an African serval, so they are a, a fairly large cat. But the, uh, the 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 thing that makes them a menace are that one, they're fairly smart. Two, they can speak, and three, they can cast spells. As the five of you are walking down the street, there is a a uh, small herd of uh of, uh what's the name for a group of cats a clouder of cats i think i think it's a commune disaster i i don't know i liked menace of magic cats sure it's a menace of magic cats there we go i'm pretty sure it's a commune but okay is it a mischief of magic cats or i think a menace of magic cats menace like that i was going with a mayhem mayhem of oh magic cats. that's that's a good mayhem name of too. magic cats is good i think it varies by the skylands I'll you're at that. sure sure you know and there's probably like impassioned debates oh yeah totally. at, you know linguist conferences every year about which one is the correct nomenclature long-winded useless arguments I'll say for glitter shade, they refer to it an oh god damn it of magic cats. In stone in stone spirits, an anarchy of magic cats. Oh, I love that. There we go. I like that. As you guys are uh, are moving down the street, uh, an oh fuck of uh, magic cats starts approaching you. Uh, one of them uh, has uh, very clearly a a ghostly magical hand floating in front of it. And holding a butterfly knife, doing like butterfly knife tricks with it, but keeps whacking himself on the knuckles. <laughs> no, no, no. On, on his magical, like telepathic or telekinetic hand knuckles? Yeah, absolutely, yes. He's just very bad at doing butterfly knife tricks. Is the hand getting cut up? Like, is he? No, it's like like every time they flip the blade open, the the handle whacks it in the knuckles, and it does like the handshake, and then like goes back to doing butterfly knife tricks, whacks the knuckles again. It's useless. It's so stupid. But with a butter knife. 
a butterfly knife. Butterfly knife. I heard butter knife and I went, oh my God. But it's both, right? It's a butterfly knife, but instead of being sharp, it's just butter knives. It's a butter knife. <laughs> it's a butterfly butter knife. There we go. Problem yes. It's Magic Hat's first butterfly knife. It's useless. Oh my God. These uh these these three magic cats approach you guys and uh all of them with the exact same voice look at you and like you get the impression that they're trying to threaten you uh but they're not very good at it and the one with the butterfly knife is the one who kind of stands out and looks at the the uh, the five of you and just goes your money or your life <laughs> give give I uh, look look at you you're absolutely beautiful see Everybody finds them kind of a nuisance. Emish loves the magic hats. Like to him, it's not a mayhem, it's not an anarchy, it's a magnificence of magic hats. Terrible shit starters, all of them. Do they look flammable? If you try hard enough. Because uh my move ignition. Huh, that looks flammable. Target of your choice ignites and takes one D6 fire. Oh my god, are you really gonna burn a magic hat? Are you you gonna you gonna torch a cat? I think I might torch the magic hand and the knife and just make it drop it and be like, ooh, what are you going to hit us with? That? Maybe not. I like that. Emish's face is stricken because he loves magic hats, but Daphne is the most important person to him in, like, all of the Skylands. So <laughs> he's just frozen. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so... Here's the thing, uh, Emish, if you want to roll aid or interfere, you can roll to try and interfere with Daphne uh, casting the spell. Otherwise, Daphne. Nope, it's, it's just shock and horror. Like, yeah, it, that's, it that's doesn't valid. know what to do. I'm going to roll to hit a cat. Yeah, well, a hand. You're rolling to hit the hand. Let's be specific here. Go ahead and roll plus int. Oh, it's, it's good. Plus three. Um... Six plus one, seven plus three. That's a, that's a full success. Seven plus three is a ten. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, okay. So using, uh, using ignition, huh? That looks flammable. A target of your choice ignites and takes one D six fire damage. Go ahead and roll damage. Roll those dammies. How many hit points does a butterfly knife have? Butterfly butter knife. Let's be specific. I also have an ability that any fire, uh, where is it? Phoenix board. Fire spells deal plus one damage. Oh no. So they take seven damage because I rolled a six? You uh you just kind of uh, tell me tell me how you're casting this spell. What do you do? I literally think she just snaps and goes, No, no thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Bad kitty. You're running your, your life. No thank you. <laughs> uh the 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 handle the handle of the butterfly knife just kind of ignites immediately and the the hand just like like it is holding something hot just starts shaking and the uh the the magic cats just scatter no not worth it fuck this i'm out (laughs) shall we keep going yes i think you and i will get along that is worrying darling you don't i would advise in the strongest possible terms against walking that path or rather, I, I suppose, clip-clopping that path. But they started it? They're cats. Yeah, that They're means not- that I can do whatever I want, because no. they attacked me first. Uh, yeah, that's permission. Self-defense laws will get you a long way in court. That was a smart decision. Hmm. This is not a stand-your-ground state. <laughs> <laughs> this is glitter shade. This isn't anything state. 
I saw a general store get put up the other day. What is law? Can you eat it? I'm going to roll my manor real quick. I didn't do it in the beginning. So that was a one plus one. And so I have two mana, which means I just used one of two spells I can use this this, this adventure. Yeah! You only need one good spell, so it's fine. Does Ignition take a spell slot? It does. Oh, fuck. All right, well. They all do. That's why self-immolation exists. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's encouraging. Mm. When you cast a spell at zero mana, you can take 1d4 fire damage per spell, ignoring damage resistance. Oh, Christ. Blood magic! <laughs> Jesus. Daphne's veins are just chock full of kerosene. She is the burning man. Daphne, what's that word tattooed on your wrist? Flamable? Is that dwarvish? I'm not sure. Somebody wrote that on there for me. Is it like a medical alert bracelet? The medical alert is not for her. We're <laughs> <laughs> in a cool, dry place. Jesus Christ. Anna, as you, uh, as Daphne burns up the butterfly butter knife, I would like you to just give me a, uh, give me a discern realities roll real quick. Plus wisdom. Oh, that's minus one. Awesome. Super cool. Oh, so that is five minus one. Four. Four. That is a failure. So uh, don't worry about it. You're good. Perfect. Love to hear it. Oh, wait. No, no, no. Um, Wisdom is an eight. So wisdom is minus two. So that would be even a three. Even better. Yeah. Total, total whiff. Yeah. hundred percent. As, uh, as Daphne uh, burns up the butterfly butter knife, the rest of you look up on the, the rooftops up above and you see uh, an, an oh fuck of magic hats just kind of watching and judging. Everything looks good. Yeah, looks great. Oh, they didn't mean it. They're very sorry. We, we all apologize. That worked great. Lorelai just like wraps an arm around Daphne's shoulder and just like covers her mouth with a, you know, with her hand, just like, mm, maybe don't push your luck right now, darling. <laughs> I'm not to carry an umbrella for the next few days. Um, a warning: when you do that, you definitely get a bird. <laughs> yeah, I'll say go ahead and take okay. one harm for that. Okay. Yeah. Ouch. Daphne runs hot. You touch Daphne, yeah, you get hurt. <laughs> she's she's warm. All right, so you guys, uh, you guys come out of the alleyway where the uh, where the three magic cats attempted to mug you. That was a mugging. They were so adorable. They were very cute muggers. I kind of wanted to help them out. I, I did feel a sort of sense of, oh, sure, you can have a couple bucks. Yeah, I, I mean, if they if they just asked nicely, they probably would have gotten something. But they did get something, some free fire. Wait, whose mug did I leave those coins in then? Uh, you guys continue to the end of the alley, and you are back on on one of the main streets. Um, you are at this point about maybe a half mile out from the Astral Plaza. I'm going to give you guys a couple minutes in character to refine the plan and figure out what you want to do. And uh, we will uh, we will we will go with that. So what is the exact plan? Who is going front door? Who is going back door? I want to go back. I can either talk or muscle my way in. If that Every barmaid I've ever met who knows Rosmo says he only goes through the back door. That's untrue. <laughs> I- I'm inclined to believe yep. our gatory friend here. Osmo and Jim Morrison are basically the same guy. What's a back door? I don't think we need to talk about my sexual habits today. <laughs> when did we start talking about sex? <laughs> Everyone responds. Mammals are just obsessed with sex. I don't understand it. It's because we're warm-blooded. That is what makes you tasty. 
you get a real big cocked eyebrow from Emish on that one. <laughs> it's like whoa, new information. I meant mammals generally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I picked up what you're putting down. I've eaten a lizard. I need I need clarification uh, from uh, from Emish on that. Is that a is that a curious like oh yeah let's prep some lo- some long pig uh, cocked eyebrow or is that a why do you know what uh, what people taste like eyebrow I'm I'm just this is just for my edification. It's actually a mixed bag there. It's, cool. it's why do you know what people taste like and then the very next thought if you could see his thought bubble would be like what does people taste. like? Because he's, I see it as why do why do you know what people taste like, and why don't I know what people exactly? Taste like? Yes, that okay. is that's cool. perfect. Excellent. Laurel, I see is nothing strange with the statement that Taku has made. None at all. Seems legit. <laughs> We've all been there, you know. It's winter. It's been winter everywhere before. Is that a Donner Party reference? Of course it is. Lorelei <laughs> yeah, is about as sensible as the Donner Party, too. <laughs> You've got dysentery. <laughs> I'll absolutely forward that river. Everything will be fine. Build a raft. Yeah, definitely follow the advice of a travel guide written by a lawyer who's never actually traveled that route. Crossing the salt flats is a great idea. Like, mm-hmm. works fine every time. The Sierra Nevada are famously, like, not a big deal in winter. <laughs> All right, what are you monsters doing? All right, who wants to go in the back? Who wants to go in the front? Well, here's the thing. I'm definitely going to be going in the front because Daphne's going in the front and Daphne's not going anywhere without me. I don't know. I kind of want to leave her, leave her unattended because that seems funny. Daphne is out of balance and a danger to themselves and others. I, I need to help them, so I'll go wherever Daphne goes. Lorelai, are you and I teaming up again? Well, maybe this time you can end up in a trench with a broken nose. I'll buy you lonesome, and you can uh, reflect on your life choices. No, I've been there. I've done that. It's it's not great. Let's go. <laughs> okay. Uh, we have Rosma and Lorelai going to the, the back entrance. We have Daphne, Emish, and Taku going to the front entrance. Is that is that correct? Yeah. Okay. And does, does Daphne have some type of bag? like satchel that they carry she sure does it's filled with bagpipes excellent emish crawls in there perfect just hold the bagpipes so they don't get smushed and then we're all set so yeah is it like a two-in-one where the bagpipes also have like a purse compartment like an emish size purse compartment absolutely or is it that the bagpipes are like stuffed in there and emish has to like work his way around them because i prefer the former but the latter is also very good the former makes sense if we've been traveling together a while because he's gonna get tired he's got short legs if we're traveling for him he takes a nip nap is it like a a baby bjorn with (laughs) his little legs sticking out or no no he doesn't get tired that's uh, this is all about the element of surprise (laughs) the emish of surprise Uh uh-huh absolutely you never nap in there (laughs) do me a favor as as you guys are as you're climbing into the bag, can you just roll plus dex for me and just hold on to that number for a little bit? Oh God, yes, I can. So I'm not telling you, I'm just rolling. Oh, you can tell me. That's fine. That just helps me prep for what's coming up. Uh, so modified eight because it's minus one. Okay, mixed bag. Cool. As you're as you're climbing in, like you managed to pack yourself into the bag pretty well, and there's um. There's a little bit of room between you and the bagpipes, and it's not actually too obvious that there's a small person inside this bag. Like you'd have to really sit and study it for a minute to to see anything that would uh, that would indicate it. 
So that's cool. That's that's very cool. But every once in a while, when I when I shift around, you just hear like the squeak of a bagpipe. Uh, I just realized something. Yeah, Abby has a, a strength of nine. What is uh what is Emish's weight? <laughs> well, he is one giant muscle, so probably pretty dense. He's pretty dense. Yeah, he's dense, but he's under two feet tall. He is a wee lad. Am I dragging this bag in? But like so at- he's incredibly short. He's like a very dense cat. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, like <gasps> that's got to be like okay. a bowling ball or two, though, which is not yeah. nothing. Yeah, I mean, he, he probably weighs about thirty pounds. Daphne's got strong legs. I, I would I would say yeah, probably between thirty forty pounds, and like having that on your back probably wouldn't overburden you. Okay. I mean, for funsies, we can roll strength to see how off balance you are. Oh Just- my god. To see if I'm clip clop, if I'm just slamming my feet into the ground. And really, really to see if it's clip clop or if it's clip, clop, clip, clop, clip, clop, clip, clop, clip. You know, you know, if it's a, if, if you're if you're walking with or without rhythm. She is finding all the squeaky floorboards Ooh, for sure. Six minus one, five. Uh, it should be two d six. Oh God, that was you rolled you rolled six. Oh God, oh no. Minus one. <laughs> okay, so on a on on a on a uh, we're not going to call it a fail because it wasn't actually a skill check of any sort. It's just a it's just a how you moving. Um, it's pretty pretty arrhythmic the way you're like it's like when you're carrying in too much groceries at once. Um, you are clearly straining, shuffling. Uh-huh. <laughs> you you got to do it in only one trip. If you do two trips to the car with grocery bags, you you failed. You've lost. You get me. It's 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 all you one get trip. me. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> As we split up, I in like like stage whisper, but loud enough to be sure they hear me. So quite loud because I am a massive Gatorborn. I yell out, Lorelai, Rosmo. Yeah. This looks like it has lots of money. Keep an eye out for any Gator Green coffee beans so Rosmo can start paying off his debt to me. I don't know what he's talking about. I've never burnt down a copy of stuff. The spirits witnessed it, Rosmo, you know. <laughs> Lorelai just nods very solemnly at Taku. What's coffee? I'll get him a coffee. I, I picture like all the all the hawkers and stuff too that have been up and down the street are suddenly like coming to you offering like various types of beans to none of which are what you're looking for, but they're all claiming that it's the real deal. Green beans, pinto beans, black beans. There's like there's all these bean chilies being offered to you and none of them are the right beans. There's kidney beans, but they are in fact just literal kidneys. They're just the size of beans. Hangy. One guy comes up to you and he explains that how beans are not actually coffee beans. He's not offering you anything. He just wants to correct you. Well, actually, it's extremely reductive, honestly. Oh, that douchebag. All right. Uh, heading to the uh, to the alleyway entrance, uh, Rosmo and Lorelai. Do you guys have any prep you're doing or are you just rolling up with a story? Rolling up with a story. Song in my heart. Is there like a is there like a guy out back or can I just open there is the door? there is a there is a guy. Yeah, Lorelai's making sure her hat is perfectly adjusted and just like, all right, I look I look excellent. Do I recognize this fella? This guy? This person? <laughs> Do I know him? I think why don't we why don't we roll plus int just to see if you if you recognize this person? For funsies. God, you love making me roll for my worst skill. Five. I don't know this person. You, you, you could not pick this guy out of a lineup of one. What does this guy look like? He doesn't know. <laughs> he can't pick him out of can't a lineup of one. Can't pick him out. <laughs> Sorry. 
He looks like a Rob. He's probably a Robert. Looks like a Robert. Bobbert. Boblin. Um, it's a Boblin. He's a he's a, a human. Short end of human. He's barely taller than Rosmo. Oh, that's why I don't recognize them. All humans look the same to me. <laughs> that's, that's wow. Not, wow. <laughs> I, I feel you. That's I mean, that's our that's our point of connection right there. Rosmo. We have no humans in the party. That's probably pretty good. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, that's 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 extremely valid. I think Lorelai's mediocre mentor was a human, so she's gotten fairly well adapted at uh, parsing their their strange demeanors. There's humans in this universe. They're around. They're. I mean, they're they're not as common. They're non-player characters. Pretty much, they they barely count. All humans are NPCs. We know that. That's right. So he's he's standing there, and he's um he's a pretty built dude. Like he's he he looks like he's like just as wide as the door is, and he's just kind of standing there leaning on it. He's got. I, I will say, Rosmo, uh, you recognize uh, the trench coat and the uh, the boots, or I'm sorry, the uh, the the, uh, the very nice. Uh, um, we the players would recognize them as like Italian styled loafers. Ooh, slick. Respect. Yeah, yeah. I'm a little jealous. <laughs> and the uh, the 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 bowler style hat he's wearing. Um, they all look very familiar to your uh, your past career. I think uh, Lorelai just sort of like saunters on over, tips her little cowboy hat, and then does like the romance novel lean over him, just like oh, nice. arm on the door okay. frame, and just howdy, partner. How you doing on this fine day? He continues to lean on the door, doesn't really move or react or anything. He, but he uh, he looks at you and he just says, "When." Uh, Doing great. Lorelai absolutely like tries to reach out and like tip his chin up <laughs> to continue this conversation. Ah, you know, you have beautiful eyes, friend. I I could just get lost in them. And I assume I should probably roll some sort of charisma check. I, I think, yeah, just a flat charisma check. <laughs> Would this be parlay? Like that's I the think thing. the leverage uh, is that I am just like look at me. I'm the leverage, right? Or an odd take on Defy Danger. Oh, both of those are very good. Um, I, I feel like more parlay, because Lorelai is like trying to like insinuate herself, maybe make him blush a little, and make him more perhaps amenable to us um, utilizing this rear entrance. I mean, I was just going to say I had business with Jasper, but this is a fun plan. I do have an important question. Yeah. Uh, I, I I know I'm not there, but just for Rosmo's sake, I need to know if, if this gentleman blocking the door has the same size feet as Rosmo, because he was admiring his shoes. And I'm just curious if that's a thing. Uh, I, I guess this is an important uh, defining, like character defining moment for Rosmo. Uh, does Rosmo have extra wide feet or like normal people feet? I think they're a little wider. I think dwarves have a little wider feet. They're like just just a, a blocky people. That tracks. That tracks. Uh, dude definitely just has very long, uh, long feet. Not not that wide. They would probably fit. You know, they might chafe a little bit, but yeah, you know, exactly anything for fashion. The price you pay for style. Rosmo would never wear anything that wasn't tailored for his body. That is valid. That Rosmo, you're valid. He has expensive taste. <laughs> Daphne, go ahead and roll parlay. I'll take that. Uh, that would be a Lorelai rolling parlay. You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> you don't want me to roll that. That'd be funny. <laughs> What's your charisma, Daphne? I'm not, I think it's actually decent. Um, hold on. I think you're supposed to be the face. Yeah, it's my second best. It's my second best. 
Uh, highest is my int. Highest is your int. Hi. Yeah, she is a she is an intelligence based caster. It's I, great. I thought it was charisma based caster. I did not know that. So nope. Daphne was actually a PhD candidate before starting her life of dance and adventure. Oh, <laughs> Daphne is like Lisa Kudrow. Like Lisa Kudrow was a rocket scientist yes. before she did Friends. That is like, true. Yeah. Roll parlay. That is a seven. Seven. All right. On a seven to nine, they need some concrete assurance of a promise from you right now. Oh, wait. Can I aid? You can only give her a plus one or a minus two. Not worth it. So you could take it. You could take it down to a full failure. No, I won't do but that. You can't bring it to a full success. Not worth it. <laughs> but it would be very Never funny. Mind. Would be pretty. Yeah. Nice. I, I am inclined to let Lorelai have a win for once. Like it's not good for anyone for her ego to be inflated. I'm not selling this well. No, Roswell didn't expect this. So he's just gonna hang back and watch. <laughs> I'm also super amused that you got all flirty with them, and uh, they need a promise. Like, that's by itself that's, is comical. So we're going to get a little <laughs> loose with the definition on that. What is flirting, if not a delicious promise? I mean, I'm pretty sure that, that Lorelai is committed to at least a date now. So here's here's where we're going to get a little loose with uh, with interpretation of the mm-hmm. rules. So you you come up and you do the, the, uh, the romance arc uh, lean on the wall. You tilt the chin up and you... You're trying to trying to finesse your way past him. Mm-hmm. How deeply is he blushing, though? Uh, he's a little red in the face, okay, but not not terribly. He he swats the hand away and he goes back to you know arms folded across his chest and he says, "Look, if you're uh, you're looking for a date, I'm off shift in about four hours. You can swing by then, okay?" I'd love to buy you a drink, my friend, but we do have just a little bit of business with uh. Our uh, our good friend Jasper. I was just hoping, you know, we could uh, mosey on past you. So here's where we're gonna play with the uh, with with the concrete assurance of a promise right now. Mm-hmm. What do you have as collateral that you can offer him that will that will get him to buy buy that? My heart. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a little bit of time to think that over. Okay, and check yeah. in with the other half of the party. I, I would like to point out really quick, just because audience members can't see it, is uh-huh. every time Lorelai flirted with him, as soon as Alice finished speaking, her eyebrows went up. <laughs> Fucking hilarious. Phenomenal. Like after each line, just... Uh-huh. My uh-huh. perfect pink eyebrows. Your perfect pink podcast <laughs> eyebrows. All I know how to flirt is just wiggling and like spouting bullshit. Maybe, maybe <laughs> flirtation worked. What do you say? Uh, checking in with the other party, there are there are two entrances off the main drag. Are you are are Daphne carrying uh, Imish and Taku going in the same door, or are you guys uh, splitting up? Taku's whole thing was he wanted to keep an eye on Daphne, so I'd imagine he'd come with Daphne. I'm uh, I and I don't think it's possible for uh, Imish to split up from the group, right? Mm-mm. He's in yes, a bag. I was going to say being in Daphne's bag. I I'm going to stick with. Daphne, for now, mm-hmm. uh, we'll yeah, see yeah. how that goes. But <laughs> you'll, you'll notice, you'll notice that I didn't give you a choice. I gave Taku a choice. I don't know the thought of like Daphne's bag, sort of just like detangling itself from her. <laughs> yeah. Right, Mike. You're just walking off, walking off. Legs these, punch like, out. Big leprechaun feet. <laughs> Beefy legs pop out of the bag. Yeah, the long and the short of it, though, is that much to uh, my own dawning horror, we're following Daphne's lead. What a good plan. Yay. 
So you guys go in the front door, Daphne and Taku, and you see um, it's for any of us who live in the Pacific Northwest and have been to the local casinos here. You know what the what the general floor is like on the on the casinos. It is it's kind of divided into dice games are in this area, card games are in this area, slot machines are in this area, right? That kind of feel. You notice, uh, both of you, as you come in, that there is kind of a, a ramp up along the uh, the top row of the, uh, like, two feet or so below the ceiling. Uh, and there is a patrol of magic hats that are just wandering around, keeping an eye on the casino floor itself. Really? Uh, and periodically, as you are, uh, as you are watching, oh, Dean is shaking his head so much. As you are, uh, as you are watching, as you come in the front door, um, you notice that they will occasionally call out to some of the uh, the pit bosses, the guards that are that are uh, escorting people out of the casino. So they are they are more or less the security system that this casino has. Okay. Would you say that they're catcalling people? Go to jail. Crown. Jail. <laughs> Criminal. To the people listening, everybody went blank faced and glared at Dean. <laughs> and usually I love his puns. I know, but like, we're it, legally it, obligated to shame him, give him shit, especially for his stupid little giggles he does and his little wiggly shoulders. So proud of this. <laughs> you smug son of a bitch. <laughs> Everyone shame this man. You're 90% gold, but that was 10. That was... <laughs> Okay, so the party has come in the front door. Uh, you have seen the Magic Hat uh, security system for what it's what it will be called. You you've seen four separate and distinct areas. There's cards, there's dice, there's slot machines, and there are games of chance. So kind of like spinning wheels and shit like that. What are you guys doing? We'll say at the very least, uh, Emish is uh, he's got like a little crook uh, propped up in the bag so that he can see out a little bit. It's like the little kid watching a movie they're not supposed to watch. Phenomenal. Just, just so he's... And Daphne just it, keeps, like, facing the bag towards everything so English can see very, very obviously. Just, oh, there's a view with that. As, as Taku recalls the plan, the goal was for us to get escorted into the back room to try and narrow down where this box might be. Sure. So uh, Taku's going to turn to Daphne and be like... Daphne, I think it would be a really good idea for you to maybe try and get in some cards while we're here. Don't set them on fire yet. Oh, okay. Not, um, not quite sure how to play cards. Uh, you just you want to get all of them, right? You want to you want to have the most cards at the end. You just want to take them all. No, Daphne, Daphne, you need to stick with the dice. Do do dice. Don't don't do cards. You're, you're no, far too no, viable. No, no, no. Dice dice won't work with the plan. Taku's brewing up. Just just. Is Taku is now talking in the third person. <laughs> just, just, just trust me on this. Um, play cards. I want to see what strange things he's got going. Go for it, Daphne. Listen to Taku. Never mind what I said. Okay. Well, you have a, a leprechaun and a gator born on your shoulder. <laughs> oh my god, oh. that's so good. <laughs> They're both the devil on your shoulder. Daphne's like turning to Taku, then turning to her back. So you're gonna wander over to the card tables. Apparently. Okay. Um, so you guys find an equivalent of of uh, blackjack. I mean, it's a it's a it's, you're, you're just trying to play twenty one. Uh, what's the plan? 
Yeah, no, 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 no. So, so again, as Taku recalls the plan, our goal was to get caught cheating so we would be escorted into the back and that would put us in the proper position at the proper time. So, Taku... That's not the plan that Daz had Daku remember. Daku remember, go make a scene and get in trouble. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll hit, we'll hit all of the notes of all of the plans we discussed with this singular uh, thing here, right? So, uh, Taku will just throw the occasional coin on the table to keep Daphne playing for, like, two hands, right? And then round about the third hand, Taku will loudly go, All right, I believe that that is 30 cards now. Hey, hey, Emish, in the sack, that's how you count cards, right? Are we doing this right? (laughs) Flawless. I think Daphne will be startled by that, and she might uh, erupt a little bit of fire, but just kind of watch. That's okay. Uh, a singed card, yeah, a singed card will only help from this point forward. Yeah, I think whatever she's holding will probably just turn to ashes as her hair starts to burn at the ends a little bit. Oh my god, that's Are so good. completely upset about the fact that they have no idea how to play this game, because games are something that's incredibly important to Amish. It's just like... That is not how you play Cat Jack. Everybody feckin' knows. The hell's the matter with you? Okay. <laughs> so, here's what I'm gonna call for. Bagpipes, too. Well, see, you're still in the bag, and that, uh, that... Mm, that might pop off next. We'll, we'll get there. I would like for... God, what... How even do I resolve this shit? Honestly, like, it's it's clearly a charisma roll of some sort, but it's not parlay, because you, you don't have leverage. You're trying to... I would say just roll, roll plus charisma. I would say with the amount of collateral that you have, with uh, with the burned-up card, with the, uh, the, the leprechaun in the bag, I'm going to say that you can roll 3d6 and take the best two. Yeah, I, I think that's how that's going to shake. Um, that's a six and a five plus two. That's a, that is a full success. That's an 11. (laughs) It's a good thing she had her lucky charm. You never want to play Cat Jack without a leprechaun in a sack. (laughs) (laughs) Cat Jack, leprechaun sack, there's too much going on here. Um, Mike, what was the intended outcome of this? Are you trying to get security to come over here and, and, uh... And escort Taku, uh, Daphne, and Emish into the back. Is that the the goal? Well, I think we're also going to loudly protest a little bit before they take us back because we do have an obligation to create a scene. Sure. And I was promised fire. <laughs> no one made that promise. I would like to state for the record that no one <laughs> promised fire to Daphne, and that Daphne heard what yeah. she wanted to hear. Oh, absolutely. But uh, show of hands, who promised fire? Anyone? Anyone promised fire? Daphne promised no fire. Exactly. <laughs> Daphne. <laughs> Daphne promised Daphne fire. That promise needs to be upheld. Sure does. Uh, you guys. Guys, you guys hear a a number of uh, magic cats from the uh, the rafters just calling out. Mm, these ones are cheating. They've been counting cards. Too many cats on this table. And as they're as they're shouting this out down to the uh, down to the uh, air quotes businessmen uh, on the uh, on the edges of the floor, uh, a bunch of these guys rush out to you guys. 
Now, you said you're, you're going to loudly protest being taken back initially. Oh, yeah. Like, the first thing out of my mouth when they start laying hands on us is, The cats told us to do it! They're liars! We told them no such thing. Liar! <laughs> Wouldn't you like to know? I... I do! You are! Wait. Yeah! <laughs> There's about... There's about a half dozen of these guys who have who have rushed over to you guys at this point. Are you doing anything, or are you just letting them take you? I mean, poking resistance on my part. Uh, do they touch Daphne? <laughs> I think they're going to try and try and uh, non-violently escort you initially. Do they if you're still going to touch pos- her physically, though? Yeah. They don't do. They don't do the hover hand thing. Then they get. Then everyone who touches her. Gets a point of damage immediately, gets a nice hand burn, and as soon as someone touches her physically, is there a light feature above of us? Like a like a nice like Phantom of the Opera style chandelier by any chance? It's like the like the equivalent of a of a floating magical lamp, yeah. Cool. Can I hit that with the biggest fire spell I have and see if I can get it to hit the ground? You can definitely roll for that. A distraction. That's a distraction, yeah. Oh, another fun thing. Well, like, cast this. I also, it's my last spell slot. Mm-hmm. And so I get to do running on running on empty as well. Mm-hmm. So this might be even more fun. <laughs> so are you are you casting ignition again? I am. Okay. Go ahead and roll your roll your roll with ignition. Um, that's an eight plus three. Okay, so that's going to be a full success. Uh, and I would like you to roll running on empty for me. So just one d8. This could get real bad. What, what happens with running on empty? Oh, all good. I got an eight. So go ahead and uh, go ahead and tell us what happens when you roll an eight on that. When I roll an eight, I just get all my spells slots back. So more fire. Oh, good, good. So no lesson learned here. Perfect. No lesson learned at all. I get my spell slots back and more fire for later. Consequences, what are those? Daphne's gonna Daphne. Alright, so here's here's what happens. The guards come out to the floor to escort you uh, backstage. Uh, one of them puts a hand on you to kind of prompt you to move. He burns his hand. Basically, it's like touching a, a, a hot... Uh, stove. Yeah, exactly. Catching a, touching a hot implement on the, on the stovetop. Uh, burns his hand. He takes a point of damage. Uh, he switches to pulling out like a little cudgel to nudge you forward with that instead. As he does this, you aim your uh, your finger like finger gun style above, and you fire at the, uh, the the magical chandelier, which immediately erupts into burning sparks raining down on the ground. As this happens, Emish, you kind of twitch for a second and kick the bagpipes, which honk loudly, which startles the guards uh, and the magic cats. It is absolute chaos on the casino floor right now. You guys have your opening if you're going to try and break away, but that is uh, that is a perfect spot to end this episode. I'm so goddamn good at this. All right, you can find us on Twitter at highint underscore lowwiz. You can find us on Instagram and on Tumblr at highintlowwizpod. Uh, and you can find us on Reddit at slash r slash highintlowwizpod. Feel free to shoot us an email at highintlowwizpod at gmail.com.
Please give us a review on your podcast platform of choice. Give us as many stars as you feel we deserve or a lot more. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.